Welcome to the More Than Mostly Comedy podcast. We need like a drum roll then and like a jingle and stuff. I know. This is then it. we come running like down it. the stairs. We come running down through the audience, waving. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, those are the days when you had an audience you could run through. Yeah, uh, we, not, did, not we did that did so that. many times. I mean, so many yeah. times. Mostly running away from audiences, actually, I think is yeah. the general thing. Yeah. But yeah, welcome to the More Than Mostly Comedy podcast. Thank you for joining us again, hopefully, yeah. if you've listened to Thank other you. ones. Thank you very much for coming, coming and... Uh, listening with your ears i'm glenn doggett by the way i'm david f grave together we make doggett and f grave and mm-hmm. we host the comedy club mostly comedy uh, and in hertfordshire and as a result this podcast as well yeah. uh, and and today's episode uh, features josh widdicombe which is exciting it does indeed yeah yeah and it was it was really nice to catch up with him because we had josh way back and we'll talk loads about this but way back when we started mostly comedy back in 2000 well, we started in 2008 but 2009 ish mm. is when josh came and played the club quite quite early on wasn't it yeah. in his career as well actually as well as ours with mostly yeah definitely and and then obviously in the last whatever how many years that is uh, I can't do the maths 12 years something like that yeah yeah is that right um, he's yeah. he's got sort of Kind of, kind of massive, while still being small, still being diminutive. You know, yeah. he's, he's a small yeah. guy, but he's, but yeah. he's massive, small and massive as well. He is. You know what I'm trying to say. Massive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lovely chat that we just had with him, and we will let you listen to it. But oh, actually, before we start, a couple of things. Uh, one, it may sound occasionally a little bit robotic because that's the nature of uh, working on three different internet connections. Yes. So if that's the case, it's probably at our end, not yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and secondly, uh, we mentioned just before our chat um, the interview we did with Mark Morris, lead singer of the Blue Tones, uh, when we were sort of talking to the audience about people we've had recently. So that explains why we start talking about the Blue Tones in a bit. So yeah. we've given you the disclaimers. This is the interview with Josh. Uh, without further ado, uh, Josh, if you're there and can hear us, come join us like some sort of medium. In Hello. A- hey. Hello. How are you? <laughs> good, thank you. How are you? You all right? I'm very good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, that's a... I was really impressed by the uh, range of people you've had on before. Yes, it's, it's quite a, a mix, isn't it? Paul Daniels yeah, to yeah. Paul Davro to It's quite broad, isn't it? And not very often they're in the same list, is it, really? Exactly. It kind of <laughs> no, sums up mostly um, comedy over the years. It's kind of our yeah. mostly comedy random selection of people. From It's just been, yeah, yeah. Yeah, huge. I think I think that's good. I think I think you know you're not going to get the same interview with those people, are you? That's, that's it. A- exactly. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. I was a big fan of the Blue Tones. I saw them in um, Cardiff in about two thousand and about two thousand one, something like that. Right. Two thousand. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely loved them. They were brilliant. They're, they're, they're a hugely kind of written off band. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What a way to start an interview by defending the Blue Tones. But <laughs> they were kind of yeah. thrown in with a lot of. Um, uh, Britpop bands, but I That's think they were much better than a lot of the kind of yeah. the kind of second tier Britpop bands that maybe people would throw them in with. And the, they did yeah. Peel sessions, and those first yeah. few albums are great. And also, it's like because yeah. I think they had the I think they were the number one album the week after Morning Glory, so they sort of came in right at that point, which obviously oh, that... led to a certain thing. But yeah, like you say, I think they are a bit sort of maligned, really, and forgotten because they are a better band. And he's lovely. Mark Morris is really nice, really nice bloke. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. He came to mostly comedy and did. Um, did a set just on his own as one of the nights and actually it was it was sort of fu- it was funny as well wasn't he so he had yeah, that kind of balance of sort yeah. of being jokey and yeah i think that here's a bit of trivia i don't know if you asked him about but i think he's in little britain i think is he, he is. is i think that's right yeah yeah i seem to yeah. remember because he's mates with yeah. david williams isn't he um oh yeah oh, is yeah, that right yeah. i don't yeah. know yeah. I think he's done the music for his audiobooks or something so he did say that oh, yeah. yeah he's done that yeah and matt berry he's worked quite a lot with as well um, he's done a lot of stuff yeah. with Matt Berry. Sorry, my cat's just walked in. Can you hear that <laughs> meowing? Yes. Yeah. This is like you know those um, 
those news reports where uh, like the, the child will walk in the back. It's a much yeah. more kind of low key version yeah. of that. <laughs> that's, that's what I was fearing. It's why I've moved to my parents' house for this interview because I was fearing that my kids would do exactly that news report and I'd be like <laughs> yeah. shuffling yeah. them out in the background. So I was like, right, I just can't be in my house. It'd be ridiculous. But Glenn, you can't buy that kind of publicity, mate. It's true. That's, that's it. That's, true. that's it. No. exactly what exactly. everyone's looking for. I, <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. got like the world's biggest dog. So what I should have done is just like cover myself in meat juice beforehand and then just let him in. <laughs> <laughs> make a fortune that'd be um, great um well we, we normally sort of do a full start but we might as well just start now because we've kind of already started we really, started haven't we oh, yeah. sorry no yeah sorry, i just went off on about the blue tones no problem at all is, yeah. um how have you been finding this whole lockdown thing i mean obviously you've been working from home as well which is a weird thing yeah i um i find it i i you know you can't complain in that sense of you know there's people who've had a, a much much worse time than me I've spent a lot of time, I, I mean, it's weird. It's probably, you know, I don't really look at my diary anymore in the same way, <laughs> yeah. in the same way that I used to look at my diary. Yeah. But on the odd occasion I do, it'll have like, it'll still have like Aberdeen written. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's where I should have <laughs> yeah. been tonight. <laughs> like, yeah. It's kind yeah, yeah. of weird like that in that you're kind of looking at the... Um, yeah, what you could have won. looking at you're looking at your kind of parallel lives, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I was going to be doing Edinburgh this year and I had like one day just the notification, Brighton preview. And you're like, oh, <laughs> it's like I've completely disregarded everything about it by now. So it is like, it's like a surprise, isn't it? You go, because like you say, it's like an alternate um, reality. Yeah. It's weird. I, it's very strange. I, I think, it, I think I, I'm fine in the sense that I, I've just had my life put on hold, if you know what I mean. Mm. And like, yeah. so that tour uh, will become like, you know, that, that can, happen at any time you know I, I did i did stockport and then i didn't do dudley and it stopped right. there and now <laughs> i want to do soon. dudley yeah, the yeah. next time i am able to do do you know what i mean wow. yeah yeah so, so, so you actually had you had actually started a tour at that point i was doing yeah yeah so i toured in i was, did all the autumn leg which was like 35 dates and then i hmm. started i must have done like seven or eight dates of the right. spring leg like starting at the end of january yeah. And I did Stockport, which was a really nice kind of old cinema. And I remember, you know. Is it the Plaza? The yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, it's lovely, but yeah, nice. Lovely, really mm. nice. And um, it's kind of the kind of place where you imagine tour shows will be. And then you go to yeah. a corn exchange. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, um, you well, did that. And I remember, you know, it felt like people would cough in the audience. You'd make a bit of a joke about it. Yeah, yeah. It still felt like it wasn't. Real, a real then, thing, yeah. That was the end of the tour. You know, what I mean? it's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's kind of, um, but it's fine. You know, mm. I I can't complain. I've kind of, we did the last leg for my loft, which was quite fun. And was like, it, is that where you were in your loft? So I was in my loft. Uh, Alex was in some room in his someone house else's loft, and Adam was in his garage in Melbourne. And that's you know, insane. That's insane that he yeah. was. I saw. I only only caught one episode of it, but I was like, he's in another country, like another part, at a different time zone. Doing this yeah, so thing he was where like you were getting up at three because it was like seven a.m. his time. Yeah, right. and so he was. So weird. When we were doing, so we do a kind of camera run through, at, um, kind of two hours before, just to kind of show all the stills and the video. You know, go through mm. it like block it out. And he was having to whisper because he was in his garage. He didn't want to like be loud <laughs> in the street. He had to have his garage door open for COVID mm. reasons to have the cameraman in there or whatever. It was kind oh, of. This, right experience yeah. um but uh what the weirdest thing was like you do the last leg and normally you know you've got you 
you, your whole day builds up to this point, which it still did, mm-hmm. and then you do it, and then you're like, whoa, right, I need a drink. Let everyone go to the green room and, like, yeah. you know, you have a drink. But you finish, and it'd be two minutes past 11, you'd be like, I'll just go downstairs then and, like, just <laughs> yeah, sit and watch TV yeah. on my own, shall I? It was kind yeah. of this weird kind of – there was no – you're doing this thing with these people all day, but then they're they're actually 250 miles away. So the moment the show ends, it's like yeah. see them. Bye. Yeah, yeah, they go. Yeah, there's no fi- there's no finish to it. Is there? Yeah. I suppose every episode. Yeah, anticlimactic. It's very bizarre when you're normally normally surrounded by people, and then you're just literally in your house. It's such a weird, completely different energy yeah. thing, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, but it was you know. I didn't have to commute, but I've realised <laughs> how much I enjoy my commute. Do you know what I mean? Right. Because that because yeah, yeah. I've got a kid. I've realised that my commute is one of the few times when I'm not parenting or working. Right, yeah. And so, like, I've, I reckon I've read two books in three months because all yeah. of the time when I'd ever get to read a book has yeah, just been yeah. removed from my life. Yeah, yeah, I know the feeling. It is it, you, the, Literally, there's been no time. It's 24-hour childcare, isn't it, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. And then yeah. you've got to fit some other stuff in that somehow. Um, yeah. yeah. That's, that's tough. It's really I tough. Mean, why do you th- why do you think I'm here, guys? This is my this break. I'm doing yeah. another interview. It's going to be twenty yeah, hours. None of this is actually being recorded. We just do no. this as an excuse to escape. Yeah, guys. If yeah. you could do it for four or five hours, that'd be ideal. Yeah. Just yeah, we we'll just keep the room open, and you can just say you're on it. And that's that'd be fine. I said the yeah. b- biggest thing that I missed the, the link the crossover into the the this lockdown. I was supposed to be seeing William Shatner. Really disappointed. Oh, right. It was like um, a showing of the Wrath of Khan with William oh. Shatner there, and it was like the day before really locked down began and it was a situation they were still they still ran the gig and you're like it was at Hammersmith Apollo and I was like do I go to one do, this is my one chance to see William Chatner in, in life and did they do they did do the gig yeah so oh. which was kind of annoying really because you're like well you're putting us in a position where obviously they just yeah. didn't cancel it but yeah so it went ahead and I chose not to go and I'm still what here in, interesting as I was talking to my agent about it and like the week before hmm. and like people who were doing gigs and she was saying um and I was like so you're getting like like bad numbers for tour shows and mm. stuff mm. and she said so what i didn't realize she said normally with a tour show that's sold out the attendance is around 91 percent. so you okay. lose 10 percent of tickets sold just any day just right. through people mm. who just can't make it yeah, yeah and she said actually in the week leading up to it it had dropped like a few percent lower than that but nothing more really? it wasn't like right yeah so you're you're one of the few that took this seriously. We should That's have. It. We should yeah, listen should to listen you. to me because yeah. But um, well, yeah. Whereas weirdly, like with mostly comedy, I think well, basically since the lockdown has begun, we haven't sold any tickets for like the shows yeah. that were on sale or the shows that are on in like the autumn. It's literally mm. just stopped. So yeah, it'd be interesting just, to see because I, I guess I'm everyone's just, just waiting to see. I don't know. It's it's difficult because I've got the tour that's kind of just keeps getting moved and moved and moved and moved. Yeah. And I wouldn't buy a ticket to anything now. No. Do you know what I, mean? I, yeah. I, no. I, I um I got a text yesterday or an email or whatever saying my Elton John at the O2 ticket has been moved back a year. Right, which, okay. And I was like, I mean, I never in my mind thought that was going ahead anyway. It's like, oh, for fuck's yeah. sake. Fuck's sake. Yeah, man. come on, yeah. Elton, mate. Yeah. It's supposed to be, isn't he, isn't he retiring from live gigs as well? So I presume. Well, yeah, he's obviously yeah. retiring a year later than he planned. Yeah. Oh, well. Didn't you do a? Did I see it? You did a last leg where you were in the studio. Was that kind of towards the beginning? And you, you had that no was the audience. Friday before the lockdown on the Monday, maybe. And that's that must have been more surreal than just doing it at home in a sense, because you're suddenly doing something you normally do, but 
without uh, like i'm telling you mate on. right audiences are overrated it was so oh, really? good <laughs> i loved it right because yeah. relaxing because you're on with so we had tom allen and lorraine kelly who are both laugh people who laugh hmm. and they're yeah. they're kind of generous hmm. and you've got adam and alex who are generous right so you're like yeah. All of those jokes that I'm normally worried how they're going to go down with the audience, <laughs> I don't need Didn't to worry matter. about that. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's no yeah. studio. I can't have a bad gig. Yeah, <laughs> you are. Yeah, I, so, so, like, I can't have a good yeah. gig. Yeah, but it's it's like you don't know how it's going. So that yeah. the freedom. Yeah, so yeah. in the end, you make references mm-hmm. like to things that. Like when we were doing the ones where I was sat in my loft, there was a picture of something to do with COVID or whatever. And I said, and I was like, oh, that guy looks like Tom Stade. Now I would never have said that in a room of 300 people. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. guy looks like Tom Stade. Yeah. But I knew Adam would know that. Like, so I'm like, that's half yeah. my audience. Adam yeah. will laugh at that. Yeah. And you kind of almost like the audaciousness of like mm. saying stuff you would never yeah. normally gamble on playing with an audience no no one's enjoying it no one's enjoying watching it but you're happy (laughs) it's like exactly but it's never going to come back to me i'm not i'm not reading my tweets i can make as many jokes (laughs) as i want that are really neat yeah Yeah. exactly yeah it's so bizarre i actually linked to the last day because we had people sending questions in uh pete haynes said um that he loves it for one he said did you ever think it would be such a big thing and obviously because it sort of happened by accident in a way i think you'd be clinically insane to have thought to have predicted (laughs) how it would have ended up like because it was just meant to be, it was meant to be on E4. It was meant to be a late night kind of wrap up show. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just did it for like 10 days work and the free tickets really. Like there was mm-hmm. nothing that it was ever, but I think that's the reason why it worked because yeah. there was no pressure on it. There was no feeling that this had to be a hit from the off. There was no, mm-hmm. so it was able to find its audience. I think audiences like to, think they found something rather than be told what to like yeah, yeah. like there's been shows since the last leg on channels which have been big launches hmm. that have kind of not got the numbers straight away they're not yeah, got yeah. the audiences straight away yeah. and um that's not their fault because obviously they need to find what they are and they but there's so much pressure on them to succeed from the off because there's been so much money invested in them yeah. and also i think audiences instantly when they're told this is the big new thing almost go, uh, I'll decide whether I like. So I yeah, think yeah. that we're really lucky in that sense that we could find our audience and, mm. you know, um, so that's luck in yeah. that sense. Yeah. There's lots of luck. We, we didn't even know each other. I was going to say much. that, did you know There's each lots other? of things where it's just like flukes, mm. but yeah, I yeah. suppose um, that is what it is really. Mm. And I think a lot of people we've spoken to about a lot of things in these interviews, it often is the thing you didn't quite expect or anticipate that becomes the thing. You know that you're known totally. for, I, which yeah. I totally think that you know you're the worst judge of your own kind of work <laughs> in that sense, and yeah. also you're the worst. You know, it is the biggest thing that I've done. It, I'm sure it will continue to be that. Like, mm. and so uh, I don't think there's, I don't, I don't think you would ever have guessed that, but I think that's quite nice about it. And I think that yeah, yeah. you know, you're not. I remember when we did our first one, it didn't feel like it was a big deal at all. It wasn't a big deal at all. It was like. And then we'll do it. And we have Freddie Flintoff on and a uh, a kind of blind judo guy who threw Freddie, Freddie Flintoff. As you do. And um, <laughs> that guy, since now, I don't I don't know the exact details of this, but he was like a quite high level judo Paralympian. Yeah, yeah. But I think he's since like, 
there was some controversy and he had his benefits taken away and there was all kinds of like, oh it, wasn't as, <laughs> it wasn't as clear cut as at the time it felt. Somebody went, well, I had him and he moved. So he's like, no, you're not blind, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what yeah. the test was, yeah. <laughs> but do you feel, I mean, because I suppose in a weird way for us, because like when you first played mostly, and it was probably about 2009, 2010. Yeah. Uh, so we've sort of obviously, in a weird way, we've like watched you <laughs> Uh, like mm. like expectant parents we watched you like go from that beginning to the sort of success you've had Does, has it felt rapid to you or is it a hard thing to judge or no i don't think anything feels rapid in the sense of um no i don't well it's hmm. difficult isn't it because hmm. there was so when i started doing mostly comedy i think it was through a caster yeah it was a uh, he because he was one of your kind of Real regulars, wasn't he? He did like, our se- first ever gig or second ever for, gig. Yeah, he, for, he was yeah, one of the so. first people we had outside of people we knew, which was about two people. He was yeah. one of the first <laughs> new people that we didn't know that came yeah. in. Yeah, and did it. Yeah, and Nick had yeah. Nick Helm had done it as well, yeah. I think. So and Nick did it. Yeah, yeah that's right. Quite but Nick and James may have even known each other. Like that might be like. So it's all this yeah. kind of. There was, you know, all kind of linked down, and I bet you had David Trent as well. Did yes. you? Yeah, 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 very early on. Yeah. 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 And like Nish Joel well. and people like all these people yeah. that I started out with, mm. you know, we all kind of did all these same gigs. Yeah. Um, for two and a half years, you know, before mm. I got an agent or it took, or, and that's when I was able to like make a living from it. Yeah. yeah. And then things do, did go really quickly, but I don't think, um, I don't think you ever stop to think there's never a moment when, and I think this is probably the same for most comedians. Um, there's not a, a moment, you, you know, when you see, have you seen like Rocket Man? You've I haven't seen, actually yet, no. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I brought up Elton John twice. <laughs> it's good, like, yeah. We're getting um, a, a, like a profile Everything comes you. back to Elton John, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. If you, if you were wearing just dungarees without a shirt and stuff, I think, yeah, you're really... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's mainly the blue tones in Elton John that I'm interested in talking about, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Nothing else. Right. Yeah, we got, we got an email through first. He will, Josh will only speak about yeah. <laughs> bands from 97 and Elton, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we had um, no in in Rocket Man. Mm. There's this scene in like a, a Las Vegas, Los Angeles gig that he does, mm. and it's like this kind of classic turning point scene where he starts and the audience aren't interested, and then I think he plays. I can't remember. Doesn't what he, he end plays. up fly- when we ends up flying? Yeah, so it's like yeah. it might even be Rocket. I can't remember what he plays, but it's yeah. like basically this gig where he does one gig and then suddenly yeah. he's mega famous in America, which yeah. obviously you need in a film or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I don't think any of the comedians I know have ever had, you don't have that moment where it just slowly, one thing leads to another. Yeah. And it's like, so you don't ever notice a change. Now I, I do think kind of on the opposite side of the coin, you have someone like it, when I was, so when I would have been doing mostly comedy it would have been around the time when, Michael McIntyre's Comedy Roadshow was on. Yeah. And that was maybe the last time that that kind of happened to people. Because I think that, mm, I remember yeah. like Kevin Bridges did it and then the next day his Edinburgh run had sold out. Right, and yeah. he yeah. kind of, it like changed, and it happened to John Bishop as well. It, like mm-hmm. their gig changed their life. But I don't yeah. think that can happen anymore. Uh, I don't think there's a TV show that does that or there's... No, yeah. I suppose um, Live at the Apollo was another one. That, did that, did that mm. do that? Or in a, in a way, I suppose... I, I think it did. I think McIntyre maybe had that on yeah. one of his live at the Apollos. But I, th- mm. I think now stand-up is so prevalent on YouTube, Netflix. Mm. It's yeah. all on, you know, live at the Apollos on Comedy Central the whole time. Yeah. They're repeating it. I think it was on last night on BBC Two. Yeah. So there's not that kind of 
uh, water cooler moment where people sit around the television like they did then. Yeah, Even yeah. like 2009, 2010, hmm. everything's really changed since then. Yeah, so I don't has, think yeah. you'll ever have that kind of um, situation where people's careers go one way and then the other like that. And I think I kind of, even I kind of, or James or, you know, or Romesh or Rob mm -hmm. Beckett or Catherine Ryan, I think yeah. none of us had that. I think it all kind of felt like it was a smoother kind of yeah. thing that just happened really. And I think with music, it's the same, isn't it? Because you don't have the set, like the bands like talking about going back to the Bluetones, but in that year, you know, there were fewer channels. People were still watching Top of the Pops. It still existed, yeah. you know. So yeah. as time goes on and there are more channels and people find their entertainment from more places, I suppose you don't really have that sort of universal oh, moment anymore. Totally. I think, like, you know, it used to be... I know the cliche of Top of the Pops is, like, how much it would change bands' careers. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. But now, you know... I mean, I don't know, do people still watch music channels? I don't know, sound like yeah. an old person, does MTV still exist? But you know, everyone's yeah. watching YouTube. So it's, yeah. you know, it isn't, you don't have those moments which a career-defining change. You have things that change your career in the sense that The Last Leg changed my career or hmm. uh, ACAST are doing like the Netflix shows yeah. changed, hmm. like yeah. really helped. But I don't think that's a, a one-day change. I think that's no. something that comes out and is a hit over a period of months or years which is yeah. probably a more truer way isn't it? it gives things a chance like you said with the last leg to sort of find their feet and start working you know rather than just yeah yeah straight away did you feel like because you had like a sort of your friendship group and the, the acts like you said like acaster and nick helm all of whom have been sort of very successful in their own way was was there sort of a, a pressure when your friends were doing well or were you just sort of pleased to be within a group of people that you know you could sort of share it with or you know it's weird isn't it yeah. um i think you it's lovely when your friends are doing really well if you're doing okay yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's the same as like, you know, it's it was great that I get to do stuff with James or it's mm -hmm. great that, you know, you know, I did some show. Jo Joel had that show during lockdown. And I was like oh, yeah. a yeah. Zoom yeah. guest on it. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, this is great. I'm like <laughs> yeah. chatting to Joel and it's like, this is my job and this is his job. And I really like that. Yeah. And that's great. And so all of that is like, you know, I really enjoy that element of your yeah. peers being people that are people you see in your work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. also, I don't, you don't really see anyone in my life because of <laughs> right. working or parenting. So it's quite mm. nice to see them when I'm, see them when I'm working, you know? Yeah. I saw Tom Allen on Saturday at, when we were both, doing separate episodes of uh, Celebrity Catchphrase. That's what's become of me. And, <laughs> were you doing that via Zoom? Was that a lot, was that an actual studio thing or was that via Yeah, Zoom? no audience though. Oh, so, okay. so you're just in a kind of lockup in the middle of Maidstone. It was great fun, um, <laughs> but it was great. Cause, like finished, had a wagamama, talked to Tom Allen. Lovely. <laughs> yeah. Socially distanced, wasn't allowed in his dressing room. I had to stand in the hallway. That was the ruling. But How bizarre. I, I think it's a shame with catchphrase that it's no longer Roy Walker because that was the sort of glory years of that program. It, I did, you know, it's weird, isn't it? Because yeah. I, I was—I don't think I can say how like how, the, but like hmm. I think Stephen Mulhern doing it. Yeah, Stephen Mulhern is he's, very he's good. And, like, I think he's, and to yeah. be honest, you like put such an energy into a room which is just cameraman. <laughs> I can't believe it. But like, I think. Gemma Atkinson, who I was on with, said it's good, but it's not right. And you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's not it. You're like, oh, is he oh, allowed yeah, to do yeah. this? That thing when yeah, yeah. it's yeah. strange or whatever. Yeah. 
Did the room go really serious then when she said that? Yeah, people are like, come oh. on, mate. Yeah, Copyright infringement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do they even have Mr. Chips anymore? Is Mr. Chips still a part of it? Or? Mr. Chips is still there, yeah. Oh, that's Mr. good. Mr. Chips. That's, that's, yeah. He, he looks as good as he ever did, actually. <laughs> I think he devised it. I'm not entirely sure. But he did, yeah. He's on a cut, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he should be. Because um, you started as a journalist, didn't you? Or, or certainly one of your previous jobs was journalism. Yeah, I, I, it was certainly, it was one of my, I kind of wrote, um, I did, I wanted to be a writer of some sort. That's how I ended up doing stand-up. And right. um, so uh, I worked for like kids' magazines for a year, like Joy the Explorer and Angelina Ballerina and stuff. And then I... Yeah. It's like, what am I going to do with my life? Which yeah. is fine at the age of 22, 23 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And like, um, it's fine at any age, really. And um, I kind of said, uh, I kind of decided I'll, I'll kind of get a, like a postgrad in journalism. I, I was never really passionate in any way about it. Right. Yeah. I just liked the idea of being able to write for a living. Yeah, yeah. And then I got a job as like an uploader at The Guardian, which I imagine doesn't exist anymore. But basically what it would involve is they make the stories ready for the newspaper and then we'd get the text and we'd like put it and turn it into a web page. Right, okay. Very right. simple, like low level data input kind of job. Right. And then I kind of got a bit further out to like sub-editor, but I was rubbish at it. And I was kind of, I was, I was bad at it and I was kind of unpassionate about it. But perfect combination. I was, you know, um, it was great. It was a great job to have because... <laughs> It was freelance and I could do it like two or three days a week. And so it really worked to stand up in that way. Right. But, you know, I was, I, I wasn't good enough at it for, mm. to, uh, to deserve my fee. I should really pay them back because <laughs> they are in serious financial trouble that I paid well, as well. There is so, yeah, they you know, are, yeah. That probably started with a, with the yeah, money they wasted you. on my skills. That's it. Did you, did you did you come from like so? What at what point did you go? Right, I'm going to do stand up. From wanting to write, at what point did you go? And I'm going to write some stuff for myself, and then get up and perform it. Where did that like? Were you doing? Did you do drama at school or? No, I didn't do drama. I did a GCSE in drama, but that's like just because I wasn't very good at music or art, really. <laughs> uh, it's not not because of uh, I wanted to tread the boards. Hmm. It's um, kind of the easiest one to sort of blag, isn't it, actually? Because with art, you actually have to draw. Yeah. Music, you have to play. Drama, yeah. just sort of speak. Just, you have to yeah. read as much. Yeah, exa- yeah. Exactly. Like, they can't, door. like, you know, <laughs> it was, I was, I think I got a B. Yeah. So, you know. That's all right. Yeah, as far as it goes, I think I got a B as well, actually. I got an A. Yeah. I'm not oh, going to post about it, but, you know. <laughs> it's weird. Look at you now. It felt like quite an important thing, whether you got an A or a B in Lucy's, but five C's, that's all that mattered. Yeah. Yeah. But it's never come up. Maybe it's just the jobs we're in, but that's never come up for me since. Do you know what I mean? I've never had to show no. my GCSEs or A levels. No, I could. I could have lied a lot more about. I don't yeah. think I ever even showed my degree. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. I ever have had to produce any proof of what I've done <laughs> with my life. Yeah. So note to um, self: next time we'll just just say we. But, but even like going into the Guardian, how do you get a job in the Guardian? Because surely you've got. A, because you know, I, I got it because we're, I was doing the postgrad at City University, which is in Islington or wherever it is, mm. uh, Clerkenwell. Mm. And someone I knew had got a job from the course, at, like The Guardian. Yeah. And then I went in and had like an interview. But it, I, I cannot emphasize how low level that first job <laughs> I got. Yeah. Like, there yeah. wasn't a, a skill level needed except uh, uh, kind of 
the normal ability of anyone <laughs> our generation to use a computer is right, all okay. needed. Yeah, yeah. Like it was literally like, so you take this block of text and copy and paste it and you put it in that box yeah. and you do it in that box and then you click live. And it was literally, and then there was mm. one weekend when I was in charge of the, they were called the fronts, like the main news pages. So mm. I was in the sports section and there was two big FA Cup upsets and they were the two, those scores and I got both the scores the wrong way around. So I was so bad that I got that is Chelsea pretty bad. Knocked out by Barnsley or whatever, and I got it as them. They won. Then, That's like the so one I, key I, thing you have to get right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's like yeah. you've got Simple. one job, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just copying numbers from one thing to another. Yeah. 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 Um, but so you always wanted to write. So did you have a sort of sense that that would that you would write? When was it? That it was comedy for you. Did you have like people you grew up? I was watching always really interested in comedy. I think like when I was a kid, that was the best time to be into comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah. You uh, like I. That was. I mean, I don't really know what I'm talking about now because I don't really watch comedy now because obviously I don't really like do it. You don't relax. Yeah. Yeah. I watch comedy. But like, it felt to me like the 90s was this kind of golden age of yeah. brilliant comedy. It felt like yeah. on BBC Two and Channel Four, yeah. every Friday there'd be like three great comedies. And I don't yes. even remember any of them ever being bad. So you had The Fast yeah. Show, or you had yeah. Father Ted, or you had The Royal Family, or you had yeah. Harry yeah, Emfield, or you had Vic and Bob, or whatever, yeah. except Fancy Football, et cetera, et cetera. And like, so I just think I was really into it. And mm. I, I think, I thought everyone was really into it, but I don't think they were. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't really realize that it was weird that I was kind of obsessed with it. Yeah. Like, I'm really fascinated by it and loved it. And I think that was just there dormant, but it wasn't mm. like, I'm going to do this, mm. really. I guess you don't even uh, consider um, at that point how you, how you could even do it. It's just a thing you enjoy, but you don't think, there's no sort of consideration of how that even happens, is there? I, I, I also think if you realised how vast it is before you did it, you'd go, fuck that. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I yeah. remember, like, doing, um, you know, you do. I did that first Laughing Horse competition in 2008. Right, yeah. It's like 600 people in it. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and, like, yeah. you'd, get, you'd get so far quite quickly on commitment alone, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah, there that's was, it, yeah. If I was gigging four or five nights a week or whatever, and so were... A lot of the people that you just see again and again and again, and it kind of all these people I'd end up just gigging with, and then you get your gigs through them, and it just became this kind of like community's the wrong word, but it just became like everyone like I suppose you know everyone knew each other, and like yeah it you turn up at the gigs and you know each person, so of those six hundred people, maybe fifty people in London of our level were gigging every night. And you just yeah. see them again and again and again. And they're the people that get better much more quickly. We definitely we noticed that with Mostly Comedy because we started yeah. in 2008 with no real background in stand-up stuff. It was all Our stuff was all writing um, sitcom pilots and things like that. So mm. we started and the people like yourself, you came in. Yeah, everyone knew each other. There was a real yeah. core group of people that you could see. And then you look at your gigs list. You had gigs every day. You were gigging all the time. I remember too, like yeah, James, James. I remember like early on yeah. looking at his gigs list, and it was just so so packed. Yeah, you know, he was just always turning up. And that was the guess, thing. Like, you, were, you yeah. almost felt like you had to. You yeah. almost felt like you had no option but to keep gigging, yeah. because what it was. It was almost like this thing of if I'm going to do this, I've got to do it. Hmm. Because if I don't throw myself into this, then I don't really know where I'm going to kind of 
like then but I, I think the difference is like there was this thing of like I've got to keep gigging keep gigging which is definitely true but it was the people that got better were the people that used those gigs to improve yeah and so there was this kind of myth that all you had to do was keep gigging but you'd see mm. people who were gigging as much as you were but they just keep doing the same stuff that wasn't quite yeah. working or and you'd yeah. be like it's not just about gigging it's like each no. gig making it worth doing mm. so yeah. that the next one was better but obviously yeah. better they were fluctuating all over the shop it was an absolute <laughs> carnage some nights and great some nights. you know you really don't know what you're doing and that's mm. that's kind of the best thing about it is like mm. you have to learn it like you can sing or you can't sing. And I know there's lots of, but like someone could go on X Factor and smash the audition having yeah. never performed before. But I just don't think you could do that with stand up. No, no, not at all. Did you find it used to be easier like going out of London and gigging or was the reaction, you know, cause. Yeah, well, London, you'd get audience, <laughs> you'd get audiences outside of London. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. That's yeah. the main thing. So yeah. you'd come to Hitchin and it was that room above that pub yeah, and it was what fifty or sixty people. 50, I reckon fifty, sixty. Yeah, getting yeah. There, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And you know, in London, <laughs> you would never get that at an open mic night. No. Do you know what I mean? No. You'd be gigging to twenty people, of which ten were the other acts. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. but you needed both because obviously you couldn't just travel around the country every night. You'd be, no. you know, you'd be exhausted. Yeah. So, um. I think the people that didn't leave London as much kind of developed skills for dealing with bad gigs, which are actually not the skills you want to develop because they're not much use in the long run. The, I yeah, mean, the, yeah, the worst right. thing about the whole thing is um, that, like, the toughest gigs you'll do are when you start out, when you're worst and you've got the least ability to deal with them. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's really it's unfair in that sense. You yeah, should start with the nice big theatres yeah. and then yeah, yeah. go back and, and once you're good, you should be doing 20 people in a pub because you've got the skills <laughs> to deal with it. Yeah. But do you find yeah. like there's more pressure when you go out now being a, a name as such, like someone sort of known or does that kind of give you a bit of a relax, you relax a little bit because you're like, well, everyone knows who I am and what to expect. I can kind of sit back on it. And do you or think do you every, like everyone knows who I am? Is that what you, the specific yeah, yeah. words? Do you think, do you, yeah, yeah. Are you thinking everyone knows who I am? <laughs> well, no, does it give you... You don't want to think more. that. That's right. No, no, no. I think what happens <laughs> no. is you, certainly at the start of writing this tour, I found, mm. uh, and I, I spoke to other comics who are quite like, who are writing tours at the same time who you know, much more successful than me. And they had said the same thing, which is that uh, they felt like um, you feel like when you first write in the tour, like you're the worst person on the bill and everyone's like <laughs> really disappointed. Yeah. And then once, but it is easier for you in that sense if you can go and do a new material night and there's an element that people trust you when you go on because they're aware that you're a yeah. comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those new material nights are a bit easier, but it's like you'll go back to gigging, you'll go on a charity gig, and everyone else is just like smashing it, and you've just come back to stand up and you're kind of flailing around and you're thinking, <laughs> God, everyone must just think I'm a complete rubbish fraud. So you definitely <laughs> get that. But yeah, yeah. once you've kind of got your tour going or whatever your material going it's definitely hmm. i mean playing to people that have paid to see you is obviously yeah. a hell of a lot easier because yeah. 
most of them should at least be aware who you are. There'll be some people that are brought along as a plus one, won't there? But yeah. generally, it should be like a home gig, right? Mm. Yeah. Well, that's the theory. Yeah. And it's funny, we've noticed... Not always. But we found, like, with mostly, the weird thing was when it first started, nobody knew anyone. But the audiences mm. were kind of more ready and accepting to see new things and be a part of it. Now we're at a point yeah. where we book acts, you have to have a name because the room's bigger to draw an audience. But people are sort of less, I don't even mean forgiving, like with the, with the lesser known acts. So it's a weird, yeah, in a weird way. I like it when it used to be a thing where it was just a room of people that were up for it. Do you know what I mean? And sort of. Yeah. yeah. Ch- it changes it when you've got that high, higher sort of um, profile figure and then someone who isn't because they are a lot of the time they're they're willing to accept what they know but then what they don't know they, they think they're booked go, for a tour show almost uh, don't they, they think they're yeah almost yeah, that that feeling, yeah. yeah there is a thing and you know it's like i think that is danger with like gig because obviously we kind of get the stages of when you're putting a show together or why mm. people are doing yeah, but yeah the if preview you see a name has come to your town you don't know what working pro you know and you're not yeah. you, Work in yeah. progress doesn't, you're not like, oh, well, that means they're probably going to use notes and they're probably three months off doing the tour. Yeah. You know, yeah. people are just turning up at this gig going, mm. oh, I've seen this person on Mock the Week. This will be good. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, you, you know, you get different audiences in that sense, don't yeah. you? Yeah. How, how did you feel? Because obviously then you went on to do like your sitcom. Um, did you, how was that to do? Was that intimidating as a thing? I mean, I know you, you co-wrote it, but also like your name is the thing. I found that very stressful in the sense that it's quite dominating of your life. Right. And it's like a, it's a six month job to write and then record it. And like, it's like, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm really glad I did it. But there's, it's by far the most kind of immersed I've ever been in something. Like hmm. there's a situation with stand up where once you've got the show, you know, you potter away getting the show for a year. Once you've got the show, you don't even think about it till five to like to eight. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like there's yeah. no, and you can just do it. Whereas mm. that was like a pro, everything is like an intense process. So that was mm. really intense. It was really enjoyable and satisfying, but like um, it was quite dominating in yeah. the sense of uh, it just takes a lot out of you, particularly mm. if you're doing like, uh, anything else in those six months. And I suppose because you're and always in, working up to a recording, aren't you? You're always working up to an episode and then you're working up to the next one and you get one go at that. that everything yeah. is part of the process. There's no bit yeah. where you're like, and now I can relax, except <laughs> when it's a scene you're not in, when you're like, oh, thank <laughs> God for that. I yeah. don't have to think about this. But like, even then you're watching it. But like, I think it's, um, you know, I think one of the good things about doing stand-up is that you get to do lots of different things. And I'm quite mm. easily bored. And I think, <laughs> you know, um, I, I think anything, if I just did one of the things that I do all the time, I wouldn't enjoy it. But I think yeah, I enjoy yeah. it because I do other things and then mm. come back to it. It's, Was it's it perfect. nice though? I mean, having people like um, Jack D and Jennifer Saunders in it, you've got like really key, I mean, obviously the people you know anyway, maybe now, but what was that like yeah. working alongside those people in a thing that was your name? Do you know what I mean? Did you feel a it's pressure? It's intimidating in that sense. It's yeah. really nice though. Like Jack's such a nice bloke and he's obviously a kind of a really formative kind of performer for me mm. and yeah, for yeah. A lo- almost all of my generation. Yeah. yeah. You know? And I'd say like, um, you know, that is one of the really nice things is I think British comedy is so kind of small in the sense that you know, it's, it's not a huge world that 
you kind of come across a lot of people if you just hang around for long enough you kind of meet yeah. everyone do you know what i mean and and most people are really nice and it's really nice and you know of course they are really because mm. most people that you meet in any job are quite nice yeah do you know yeah. What I mean? there's this kind of idea that, that like um comedians are like people often like i think they like to mythologize that comedians are like different people or like yeah, like, yes. like, yeah. No, i actually don't think that's true i'd say i'd say when i worked in like a shop there was as many people that you were like i'm not sure <laughs> i want to hang out with that person yeah. as there are in comedy yeah and that's just because like but then i think people are in love with this kind of myth of the tears of a clown i think this is yeah. this kind of and also i think there's an element that comedians because I don't think comedy is really taken as seriously as like, and obviously it's not because it's funny, but it's not mm. taken as seriously as music or theatre yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And so I think actually some comedians like that Tears of a Clown thing because it, it mm. plays <laughs> on this kind of I am an artist kind of idea. Yeah, yeah. But actually I think most comedians are just quite nice people, you know. And it's the one thing, comedy is quite throwaway, isn't it? I think when like, because like I used to be in a band, when I was in a band, it was a lot more about making, I don't know, it's just a different thing, music. So like you say, it's, comedy's kind of taken less seriously because it is a little bit throwaway. And I suppose I it's also, clear, particularly now with this whole funding thing. And I, I think, you know, but for that maybe, which I, I totally agree with on that, it's kind of not seen in that way. But mm. the negative of that is obviously that, you know, it's not res respected in the same way that, you know, mm. a, a great album is or whatever. But uh, the positive is, it means that there's this circuit, there is a circuit which you don't get if you're a musician. Yeah, if you're yeah. a musician trying to make it, you're either kind of successful or you're not selling any albums or whatever. Yeah, yeah. True, but yeah. there's this circuit of comedians that are playing the clubs and mm. doing, you know, various writing or the old corporate or whatever who are making a really good living that maybe aren't on TV. Yeah. And, I, and there's that kind of, that level where it's a really successful but maybe not totally visible mm. level. Yeah. Yeah. which you just don't get with any of the other kind of no. art forms. For no, you're right. And that's actually what a lot of the um, stuff at the moment with people, with comedy and stand-up falling through that kind of hole of not being recognised. For the like, funding. By, yeah. because, because people don't see that. And you, still, you don't see how close it all connects together, like from where we are doing like most of comedy in Hitchin. But the people we have, it's such a small world and they all connect to the, the bigger thing or like sort of the TV stuff that's on TV or things like The Last Leg, but people don't oh. see that connection, do they, a lot of the time? They think, no. oh, these guys are just doing stand-up in a club. It's a very different world, but it's completely the same world. It's exactly the same world, yeah. and everyone has come up for it, really, yeah. Yeah. with a few exceptions. But, like, that's... And, it, and it's not like you've come up through it and then you're not going back to it. It's like yeah, yeah, every yeah. time you finish a tour, you go back and you do these gigs, and mm -hmm. you're part of that world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these yeah. gigs are totally necessary yeah for the um industry to exist mm. and you know it's a very worrying time for that kind of for the industry it really is and yeah. um you know there's lots of good stuff being done with, like live comedy association and stuff to kind of try and yeah. save it but but even still it is going to be you, you do go when the, you know if you were to write a description of everything you don't want to happen to, to, you know, to stop the spread of coronavirus. It would be a comedy gig. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's an absolute disaster yeah. area. <laughs> yeah. 
Don't laugh. Laughing, tightly packed, yeah. Yeah. In, you know, in a small yeah. room. And, yeah. you know, you've got to squeeze past each other to get to the bar. Yeah. And like, everything is wrong with it yeah. for coronavirus. So mm. it's like, I don't know how it's going to, when it's going to be fine no. to do it again. No. But hopefully, you know. But and also, yeah. it, I'm, I'm kind of burying my head in the sand in that sense. Cause, yeah. So, yeah. Same here. It's like, this is a nice thing for us to do is like a in between. But I, yeah, I genuinely don't know how or when it's going to start again or no. even people are going to be very cautious as well it's it's so and it's one of those things because it's such a grassroots thing i think comedy is one of the, the it's sort of because it's grassroots it's good for like like you say the sort of community thing of it but actually for protecting it through something like this because you don't have like any real funding or anything like that yeah. to protect it so it's such a weird one really I, I think also you know one of the great things about comedy is when you gig around the country you know is there's people that are running clubs because they're passionate about it. It's not, yeah, yeah. it's not all businessmen who want to, because it's not, you know, it's not no. this great money owner to run these clubs or whatever. No. So there are, you know, clubs like the comedy store, the Glee that are proper big business, but mm. yeah, yeah. a lot of gigs you go to around the country are run by people that are passionate about comedy mm. and yeah, yeah. love putting on comedy and, you know, have turned what they're interested in into their livelihood or a good, you know, auxiliary part of their livelihood. Mm, yeah, and, exactly. You know, you'll do theatres around the country or art centres around the country that are really good, great community-based, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, things, facilities for people in that community. And you'll go to, yeah. like, you yeah. know, Tewkesbury and there's this lovely theatre. Yeah. And it's like... That is so important to that community. And people mm. who work in it mm. are, you know, you're mm. volunteering these places are, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. really passionate about that being part of the community. Yeah, yeah. And mm. it's not about the O2 and it's not about the Apollo. It's about no. all of those places and all of these clubs that are people are passionate about, yeah. you yeah. know, staying open or reopening, hopefully. And actually what mm. people don't realise is that a lot of those like regional theatres. I mean, we've we've both worked in shows that have toured regionally. I, I was doing, I've been doing a lot of stage management on touring shows the last couple mm. of years, and um, you, you you kind of you realise that comedy is such a stand up comedy is such a big part of their their um their program, like huge yeah. part. It's a really big thing, and it's it it's really good for theatres because you can get it in and get it out in one yes. night. Yeah. There's no yeah. there's yeah. no. You know, it's so simple to put on. Mm. And obviously, you know, that in a way is a really... And there's no lead time. So no. you can go, no. I could do a tour show there in a month. It's not... Don't need, you know, need some bottles of water or whatever. That's it. Yeah. And a mic. Yeah. But like... So that's a real positive mm. for comedy is that mm. as soon as it's allowed to come back, yeah, true. There's, yeah. In theatre, there's all this lead time. How do you get the, yeah. you know, get yeah. the show together? Comedy yeah. could be back tomorrow. If they said you can gig from tomorrow, all the comedians would gig tomorrow. So that's yeah, a positive. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But they're not going to say that. So that's a negative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Although I did see on um, on Facebook today, someone was doing a gig, uh, a comedy gig. It was um, Jenny Collier as a stand up we've had at most of the time. Yeah. What an and actual... She was doing a gig, an actual gig. In a place where they all they're all social distance, and apparently it was all all oh, legally okay. done. 
but the audience were sat around sort of tables in their own bubbles, I suppose. And I was like, this is interesting. This must but be... Bad for reaction, though, isn't it? Was outdoor, it was outdoors as well, by the way. It wasn't okay. an indoor yeah, I've been out, asked thing. to do, yeah. like, these, you know, various gigs in, like, hmm. car... There's a car one. Car ones, ones, yeah. yeah. But the, the, the thing is with those, though, I, I kind of feel like it's a bit like stuff on Zoom and stuff online. It's like, I think there'll be a point where people get tired of it and just want what they actually know back. Like, it will get to a point... I feel like, personally, it will get to a point where people go, this is nice, but this is not what we'd want. You yeah, want I mean, I haven't done any of them or been to any of them, so it's really hmm. difficult... And there, there is the ones in the gardens. I, yeah. My kind of, I'm quite enjoying not gigging <laughs> yeah. on the one hand. Yeah. Like I've never done that really. So I'm enjoying not gigging. And also I kind of feel like I'm so rusty that <laughs> I just can't throw myself in at the deep end with, yeah, yeah. with mm. a gig that I don't really understand. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I'm kind of reticent with that kind of stuff. Which is yeah, probably... what you mean. But also it's very hard to read the reaction, isn't it? Because in like a car thing, you're not going to get anything. In a Zoom oh, thing where you've got an audience. It's just... or something, but... yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's like being in but... the Flintstones or something. So it's so bizarre. <laughs> I, I, I don't even think I could remember my material now. It would no. take... <laughs> I, I've spent so many days trying to at home work out how to do stand-up again. <laughs> yeah, mm. um, I just can't face it, which is terrible. I know. I know what you mean, though. It's almost like part of me doesn't really want to go back i don't i don't know what i mean by that really but i mean obviously i want things to pick up again but it's even like if you get used to not doing social things it's quite you get a bit i don't know um yeah, like a hermit I, I or something a bit of effort, really relaxed and having my evenings back yeah um, yeah i think that's gonna be a real shock to my system when i have to work <laughs> in the evenings again <laughs> yeah because yeah. every day i get to about five and i'm like yes i'm not doing anything tonight <laughs> yeah exactly there's only so long you can sustain that i suppose um, <laughs> do you um I'm just jumping to another thing are there any specific like favorite guests you've had on the last leg or people that have really meant something to you or... um the comics obviously are you know they're the f- easiest guests in mm. the sense of you know they'll be funny so you're always more nervous with the people that you don't know yeah. are going to be funny yeah. but obviously they're more rewarding in the sense of mm. they can surprise you the most yeah. so I remember Ed Miliband being great and really yeah, funny. Yeah, he was, that was great. Yeah. He was really good. Um, yeah. He was really good. Um, the politicians is always interesting because mm. obviously they're fascinating by dint of just being in that world. So they're yeah. really fun. Um, I really like having the politicians. I I always get a bit nervous with the Americans because right. you're like, they must be thinking, what the fuck is this? <laughs> so there's like, yeah. but, you know, I think... People like that, like we had, did we, yeah, we had um, the Muppets on, like Kermit and Miss Piggy. Amazing. So that was really exciting. That's probably the most yeah. excited we've been. Yeah, we had to like build a different bent, uh, sofa and stuff. Yeah. That was really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and can you refer to? Do you have to refer to? Obviously, when you're talking to them on the show, you're referring to. Them, but at any point, can you kind of off camera talk to the people below, or are they just not? There are no people below. Or like, in behind <laughs> the scenes, so they're play like there's there's no like. The audience can't see what's happening. Right. There's all these kind of rules. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They can't have, um, you know, it's the, the, the mystery, for want of a better word, because yeah. is, is maintained, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Right. There's, there's lots of, you can't do this, you can't do this, et cetera, right. et cetera. Yeah. Which is totally acceptable, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Worked for them for 40 years. It's not our turn yeah. to 
Exactly. <laughs> Ruin it for the but kid. The kid inside. Guys, I've got a few notes on your act, actually. I think it'll be really <laughs> yeah. yeah. Could be slightly less green, I think. <laughs> but I suppose, again, the kid inside must be like, I'm interviewing Kermit here. This is just a yeah. mad, the very familiar voice, even if it's a different person doing it or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's amazing. And it's, you know, it's really exciting, obviously. Um, yeah, it, I mean, that was quite a weird one in the sense of obviously. The weirder thing is when you meet a celebrity and they look like the celebrity. They obviously look like the celebrity. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Obviously, Kermit does because he's a yeah. puppet. Yeah, yeah. 40 years or whatever it is. But yeah, I'm trying to think. We had Al Gore. That was pretty mind-blowing. Right, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was promoting um, his follow-up to The Inconvenient Truth. Right. So we had Al Gore. And that was pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, he was... He's not, what I really like, actually, is because me and Alex are sat on the sofa mm. with them, and Adam's over there, is in the break, the advert breaks, yeah. you can, you're, you're stuck with them. So you're having a <laughs> chat with them. And that's, the, that's, in a way, the best bit. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like going, oh, yeah, so uh, what are you up to? Or whatever. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Talking to Al Gore. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just Random. talking to them. Yeah. You want a drink or whatever. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But that's but that's kind of nice. I mean, we we've had it. I mean, even just with mostly comedy and where we are now with acts, where we get high profile acts and. Well, the mention in Paul get, Daniels was a Paul Daniels was a random one. Yeah, yeah, yeah completely yeah. random. But but the nicest bit for us of the whole time he was there was just we when we were recording the podcast interview because we just sat and had a chat. And actually, to yeah. get you, you get the bit where they do their act and you go, that's nice to see, and it's nice they're at mostly comedy. Yeah, but yeah. actually, just chatting. And, yeah, talking and about it's just cool. It's just you oh, go, wow, we're talking about Wisbit. Singing the Wisbit theme tune. Singing the Wisbit theme tune to us was the weirdest that moment was very, ever. Yeah. But, and also yeah. he did a trick just for us, which I was really hoping he would do, because again, the yeah. inside. It was, it was, uh, really that was Beck Hill, wasn't it? Beck Hill was there as well. Yeah, yeah. So it was the three of us all just watching him going, He's here in real life. It's very strange. It's yeah. Really exciting. Like that's the weird thing, is like actually, if you're honest, the people that are most exciting aren't the big stars. They're mm. the people that were kind of on television when you were a kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so like, you know, I in the, the fact of the matter is you could pretend that you're more excited about Russell Crowe than when you <laughs> met Jet from Gladiators, but you're not. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like there's only one, well, of those two people, there's only one that you ask a selfie from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Um. We should probably let you go soon. We should have just realised the time. Yeah. Um, but oh, is there any more questions? We've got. Uh, what's that? I'm just looking through. This is the bit we'll cut. Can you see? Yeah. Can you see any more questions on there? I'm just scrolling. Not. Uh, what's that? I should. Uh, should pay more attention to this. It's difficult with those question things because you're you're trying to engage in the conversation. Yeah. While well, looking. Camera, I could. I. I'd really be able to see you if you were like yeah. looking after. Well, that's the thing, yeah. You just you, you, like you're not being interesting. Just going, I just have a look at this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just yeah, I'm talking, just but doing I'm doing my yeah. tax return. Just doing this. Call. Yeah, actually, I've just got a couple of emails I need to do. That's the yeah. problem with Zoom. It's like you just yeah. do like interviews for like you do like a briefing call for something or an interview, and you'd be like, "This is my chance to tidy up my office." Yeah. But now yeah. it's like yeah. you're on. Yeah. It makes people far more engaged. That's yeah. It. Yeah. 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 Are there things you'd still like to do? I mean, that's a pretty shit question, really. But is there something you haven't tried yet that you'd like to do in later life? Do you There's still... nothing like specifically that I go, I'd love to do no. a yeah. daytime quiz show or a chat show or, Musical a, or, something. or a radio <laughs> show or whatever. Like, but I just think, I, I remember Acaster saying to me that he 
likes to do one new thing a year. Right, okay. And yeah, yeah. I don't even know if he would remember saying that to me, uh-huh. whether he was like throwing it away or whether that's mm. one of his tenants for life. But mm. ever since I've all I've since that throwaway yeah. comment by him that he probably doesn't even remember, I've tried um to do that like um yeah. in the sense of keep doing what you really love doing, mm. but each year try and challenge yourself with something different so that you know, it's that thing. So when one thing drops off, maybe another thing's growing, and so you're always yeah. staying on your toes. Yeah. So it's keeping your brain going as well, isn't it? Just having something different is. to consider rather than just the norm. I yeah. Think. Yeah. It's, it's very easy to get bored of stuff. Yeah. I Quite a good question just came in now from Anne. Uh, Josh, would you be happy if your child wanted to pursue a career in comedy? There's a no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if this was a no, film, it would cut to them now doing it and be like yeah. selling out the O2 or something. And... <laughs> um, I would be, I don't mind what she does. It's not like, but if someone said to me, I, I heard like a comedian being interviewed and they were like talking about like, which like their children yeah. and like who would make the better stand up. And I was like, bloody hell. I don't, yeah. I was just like, I would, I would, I'd never like want her to do that, but if she wanted to do it, great. But God, if someone said to me, what do you want your daughter to do? I'd say, you know, something where it meant I didn't have to go to the Edinburgh Festival and watch. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. That should be be a rule in life, really, shouldn't it? Just Imagine the stress of watching your own child do comedy. Bloody hell. Yeah. Yeah. That was the Edinburgh Festival. God, yeah. I yeah. find it tough enough, like, when you watch a mate do comedy. Yeah. But the thought of watching a child have a bad gig in a 50-seater in Edinburgh, no parent <laughs> deserves that. No, no, I, I think you're right. I know Jan Ravens was talking about it because her son's a comic as well. And I, yeah, she quite likes yeah. it, I think, because she sort of gets remains sort of connected with the, the new aspect of it. But, yeah, God, it's the it's also the, like the least solid of all those sort of, like we say, in the art yeah. forms, if it's an art form. So, yeah, I don't know, yeah. Well, I, I feel like should... if you wanted to do it, great. But yeah, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. lie to you. Um, <laughs> I would, you know, hmm. I would hope that uh, my, uh, you know, the stress I exude around the house would put her off. <laughs> yeah, but if nothing else. But um, no. Yeah. I, well, I guess, I guess we, we should stop there. But thanks so much, yeah. Josh. Thank you for having this. me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, thank to... you. Yeah. Yeah, and thanks and thanks for always sort of supporting mostly comedy. You know, oh, you always, you always get I, the amount of times I've texted you asking about gigs, and you always always get back, and it's really appreciated, you know. And yeah, oh um, no worries, I always get back to sound too busy. I do apologise yeah, exactly. for that. But no, I think yeah, yeah. I think it I is like a, a yeah template. Um, it's a great <laughs> yeah. club, and it was always you know one of the best ones to play when we were like starting out, and it's a great place to try new stuff. So um, mm. I look forward to it. Uh, you know, it will return in its in its actual form, like <laughs> eventually great comedy yeah. clubs. Um, so lovely to speak to you both. And you, you too, yeah. Josh. Yeah, you take care mm. and we'll see you yeah. soon, hopefully. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Thank Josh. you very much. Thank you. So that was Josh Whittacombe right there. Um, yeah. And as we said, lovely chat. As all, In fact, all of our interviews uh, that we've done in this way, and to be honest, in any which way we've done podcast interviews, have always been really nice chats. There's never really been an occasion where it's been difficult, which is no, No, not at all. No, not not at all. Over the years of 
talking to different people in different scenarios as well because the mm. first time we ever did uh um going back right back to the very first time we interviewed at mostly comedy we were in a kitchen um, oh, at the yeah. venue we had at that time which was uh, a bar called the croft well, well we literally just standing we were there actually, weren't we it was yeah, a not sta- particularly standing big very kitchen. awkwardly amongst loads of kind of um uh kitchen stuff because it was in a kitchen yeah. but it kind of um it and was it was a, still the kitchen was still technically open because yeah. I remember like yeah. the manager would come in every so often. Really not yeah. the ideal scenario. I, can, I really I can really picture the deep little mini deep fat fat deep fat fryer that they had in the corner. Yes. So um and I can In fact just, now, because yeah. it makes you feel more comfortable, you still have a mini deep fat fryer there every time we do an interview, don't you? And you I do, it's, you it kind just, of reminds me, just it gets me in the mindset for the yeah. uh, mostly comedy podcast. That is, that's it, yeah. And at the end you've got a lovely plate of onion rings, which is yeah. good. So it's, it's 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 all it's win win yeah exactly yeah. every loser wins by Nick every loser wins yeah um but yeah no it's funny how we've gone from that to sort of like in little rooms back I mean like we did interviewing Catherine Ryan in a tiny uh, room upstairs at the Market Theatre yeah if you remember you know and yeah. John Thompson there as well yeah and now we choose to do it separately <laughs> we don't even don't even meet in the same rooms it's, no. it's crazy we've just everyone in their own houses and they can all go back to but it does make it weird and it's not something that Josh said about doing the last leg where you go from um when he's gone from being in a studio where he finishes mm. the show and they all finish together and they can go off and have a drink and sort of yeah. um sort of climb uh, down from climb it. down yeah. from it yeah and it is it's sort of the same even doing something like this where mm. i'm so we're so used to doing mostly comedy and anything live where you finish it and there is that climb down you know and we quite often yeah. spend hours talking after mostly comedy and hours sort yeah. of having a drink or whatever stuff. packing down and yeah or you know anything we've done like that where you but yeah. but when when you just sort of finish in this way where we're currently yeah. doing it on zoom remotely it is very odd i find when it all finishes hmm. and you just turn the computer off and go well that was done uh that was that um <laughs> yeah I no idea uh yeah it, there's there's no you just i'd spend about the next two or three hours sometimes hmm. just kind of buzzing my yeah. head's still going like oh this is yeah kind of excited by the well, you've got that then, weird energy thing because yeah. anything we do a show in, in this sort of thing and, and because we are doing it with an audience there as well uh, and also there's just even though we know all these people we're interviewing i don't think we've interviewed anyone that we didn't meet beforehand uh, that's not yeah yeah no I mean, everyone we no. don't we have done yeah um there's still that slight sort of moment of like tension and nervous excitement when they mm. appear in the room because it's yeah. just you know you've you just haven't spoken to them for a while suddenly you're thrown into the situation and mm. yeah you're thinking on your feet so yeah you've got that weird like when a show finishes and you've got all that mm. energy but you're literally just in a room in your house make a cup of yeah. tea it's yeah it's a ve- it's a yeah. very bizarre very bizarre situation yeah it's, it's yeah i mean in the same way i don't know if you're like this you probably are when i have a show particularly with something like mostly comedy where you've got to use a lot of sort of energy because you're setting up and you're doing the rest yeah. of it i'm often like quite early on in the day i'm wasting energy sort of thinking like i'm already doing the show you like go yes. there's a show at the end of the day that there's the countdown to that point and yeah. you go no why am i wasting this sort of energy now i don't have to go on yet yeah it's such a yeah, yeah such a weird thing but yeah, yeah. You do, the whole the whole day becomes about that thing i don't think mm. even doing this and yeah. this only happens um well today's one was done at sort of five o'clock in the afternoon but normally they happen Mm. about eight o'clock in the evening but you do it it changes the way that day goes so that whole day becomes leading about a lead up to that point whether you're like for me with with um these interviews it's all i might just go and quickly look up some of the stuff the person's been doing or i might watch a video about something i haven't seen before so i think just reminds me of who the stuff they their history and their their sort of catalogue of stuff but yeah every there's there's always that your brain is always thinking about that thing so mm. when you so then to get to the end of it and then just turn the computer <laughs> off it's a real sudden uh, stop isn't it like, it's like oh, yeah. oh no 
Okay. I know. It's, yeah, so, it's so, yeah, it's so bizarre, isn't it? Um, yeah. And I think for you, yeah, there's like that last couple of hours, isn't there, before a thing where it's definitely mm. the countdown to the thing and you're aware yeah. of the things you've got to fit in that time. But yeah, yeah. is it... Yeah, I mean, even when, like, when we do mostly, and, I, and afterwards, I'll turn to stay up and have a cup of tea or something at least, and, you know, with the dog yeah. or whatever. The dog doesn't have a cup of tea, just to clarify. He drinks, yeah, he drinks, very, drinks coffee. Very clever dog. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but although my dad did tell me, um, I was going to say the other day, but he, he died about a year ago, so that was clearly not the case, um, that he, with his dog, he used to um, he used to drink tea and have biscuits with it as well, apparently. Which is really? A, yeah. Literally, wow. yeah. So that was interesting. Interesting insight into my dad's. That dog must have been wired all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, really, exactly. Like, yeah. Hyper because <laughs> they're tea already pretty well. hyper. Like, yeah, bit of caffeine. I mean, tea still got caffeine, so a bit of caffeine and sugar. It's like he must have been like <laughs> bit, bit, bit of speed as well, just to you know, yeah. keep him keep him buzzing. Yeah, yeah this is yeah. An insight into my dad's uh, pet keeping antics. But um, <laughs> I don't even know what I was talking about now. Yeah, there's that sort of time when you wind down because you do have to yeah. go from being in a sort of gig scenario. So afterwards yeah. so yeah it, it is strange it's a strange one yeah. um but yeah my god it must be ramped up to 10 when you're doing something like the last leg i hadn't even really considered that you know obviously it's a live broadcast so yeah you know that's yeah. it's not even like you're recording it you're doing a live broadcast no. to millions of people from your house very strange so strange so it's so strange isn't it i mean and this is even this and there's only mm. you know small numbers of people watching but it still feels very strange when you're sat in your own house doing yeah. something with an audience. It's a weird, like, I'm I'm nervous, but I'm also mm. relaxed. I've never felt yeah. such a weird feel. It's, <laughs> it is an undescribable feeling because it's yeah. not a normal performance and sensation where you... Yeah, we've got used to it. Now we've got, you know, we're a bit more used to doing, like, the intro that we do. But it is a weird mm. sort of thing. Suddenly you're on, aren't you? Even yeah. when I look through the video afterwards, you can see the difference, you know, when we've started. There's a different yeah. sort of energy. But, yeah, it's very yeah. strange. It's a bit. It's a bit like doing a show in Edinburgh, actually, in that sense that you go from naught to sixty very quickly, don't you? You go from yeah. just getting in a yeah. room to going, but yeah, but well, and, and you have the lead up of being soaking wet and standing in the rain, uh, or like the you know yeah. that rushed kind of feeling you have yeah. where you feel a bit sweaty and a bit wet and a bit like damp normally and, wet because it's normally Edinburgh. Edinburgh. So, yeah. but yeah, it is that yeah, slightly damp and kind of ugh, and then you have to kind of go, oh, I'm doing a show, but I don't feel like I've had any time to prepare for it. But and then I watch yeah. watch Michael Barrymore walk in, like with the balloon debate, and, then Michael and Michael I couldn't even tell you we're sat in yeah. a hot air balloon basket michael barrymore walks past the basket gives a wave and i have to spend yeah. the whole show not able to tell you that in this tiny room <laughs> with about eight people in one of them is michael barrymore <laughs> yes because there's no universal yeah. expression you can pull while acting that says barrymore's in the room there isn't barrymore. one yeah yeah but, there's no yeah. barrymore symbol is there that's the thing and uh, yeah. that didn't happen today but anyway but yeah it's lovely to hear you know just to speak to josh have a have a like we said um before we start recording this a bit of a catch-up really um mm. such a nice guy um you know, and whether it felt to him or not, such a, a rapid climb from, you know, being like yeah. everyone else to being probably the most sort of mainstream familiar of, you know, that that sort of group of acts that started out. Yeah, the started people mostly. that we had at Mostly. And that's, I think that was it. We saw that. That's the journey we saw. We know, obviously, mm. they, they have a different internal experience of their own life. But yeah. from, from where, where we watched, from Mostly to suddenly being mainstream and i i told us me and david were talking earlier and i said that for me it was it was when i was somewhere completely away from mostly comedy and everything else mm. and i was with a, fa fa a family do and someone said they'd been watching some guy on tv that they really loved and they said josh widdicombe and i was like how do you know about josh widdicombe uh, and i was like yeah. oh my god yeah of course because he's he's mm. main he's mainstream people know people would have seen him wherever they are in the country and mm. when you when you go from that you suddenly go wow yeah he's He's, he's done well he's done well yeah yeah, yeah. and and so have many of his um 
friends as well that we had people yeah. like James Acaster and that you know yeah. Nick Helm all of mm. them niche they've had really extraordinary I mean and James is another extraordinary yeah. actor isn't he but yeah it's it's, mm. it's, re- it's really nice to see and it's nice when they're nice people it's nice to be a part yeah. of that and, and still yeah. feel a part of that as well yeah um, but yeah thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast uh, there are plenty of other ones to listen to with um, in fact people we've just mentioned uh, Nish Kumar James Acaster yeah. Nick Helm they're all on there somewhere and actually what's interesting about those is they they all happen at different points in their careers mm. so yeah, to yeah. hear where they are at that moment it's quite yeah. not, it's quite interesting isn't it and when you, and when you think about yeah. where they are now because some of them are a, a few years ago so it's yeah like James Acaster it was yeah. you know he was very sort of known in Edinburgh and been nominated yeah. but he wasn't yet the you know the Netflix series you no. know big no. big draw that he is now no. you know no. um, while always being very special though so yeah, yeah. It's, it is interesting to hear those things I think Yes. And also our careers, you know, you know, you listen to us in those lowly days when we were doing stuff, you know, and, we, and we're still doing still, that still, stuff. Yeah, the, uh, we, we don't, we're the, we're the constant <laughs> throughout, for good <laughs> or bad, control. For, yeah. for good or bad, we, we don't really change. I mean, I think my voice has got huskier and I've got greyer, although you can't yeah. see that on this. But yeah, Although so. you, you, you were grey already, so it's more that you've accepted the grey. I mean, I don't know if you've... True. If, you it's know. true, although you've just revealed a massive secret that I've Shit, hidden from my whole sorry. life. It's all right. I'm a homosexual. There we go. It's fine. It's covered it. I, I, I maximise my own. I'm gay. It's fine. That'll, they'll forget yeah. about the um, grey hair now because I've covered it with yeah. my big shocking news. Um, but yeah, that was, and I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to discredit it. I'm, I'm gay. No, there we go. Um, you know, <laughs> I, be I'm proud. Gay. Yeah, I'm gay and proud, as you can tell by my, um, I don't know, my rainbow coloured, rainbow coloured, something rainbow coloured. When it's lots you of colours. rainbow coloured. I think you can. But it's rainbow a colour? Surely rainbow well, is it. a... I, th- I would say rainbow is a colour because it's a, it's a term for all the colours. Therefore, it's a colour. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or, yeah, if you mix them all together, you get brown. Maybe that's... I don't know. But yeah. anyway, yeah, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening to this. <laughs> really um, yeah. Yeah. We got there. We got there. Um, We're at the end. <laughs> you're nearly free. But do listen to other episodes. Um, and also... Um, support say when josh goes back out on his tour go and see him because mm. um, you'll see uh, you know an excellent comic who's also yes. a very 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 nice guy don't know i said yes. it like that weird and also dora the explorer fans you can you can check in on that as well um but thank you for listening and we'll see you again soon yes bye bye <laughs>